You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. Okay, the caveat is I did say to Lucy, don't put me at the end. Um, Because this is not... We've had lots of lovely laughter um, that just ends here. But the reason reason I kind of chose this story was in part because of Molly. Because it's a story about words and it's a story about writing and it's a story about how the fuck did that work, which makes me think about Molly because she does loads of things and you think, how the fuck did that work? Anyway, so... Uh, And also, weirdly, loads of people in the 1980s, loads of stories from the 80s, and this story is set in end of 84, beginning of 85. I'm 18, I moved to Stoke Newington um, just after my 18th birthday, spent a few months uh, looking after a friend's, my cousin's child, and then I got myself a flat in a street called Allen Road in Stoke Newington. Not a good part of Stoke Newton. Um, it was before gentrification. Skips were beginning to move into Church Street and round there, but it was still a pretty shitty area. Um, I'd st- signed up for Hackney College, and I was going to do my A-levels. In a year, you could do A-levels in a year in those days. And I was doing English and sociology. So I lived in this basement flat, but it wasn't really a flat. It was a kitchen with a lock and a bedroom with a lock. And then along the corridor was a shared bathroom. I shared that bathroom with a guy who I'm just going to call Drummer because I never could remember his name. And actually, if I could get near him now, I'd probably scrangle it. Anyway, um, so Drummer lived on the ground floor. Uh, He was a big, young, kind of mid-twenties, played bongos, um, was usually pretty stoned. First of all, was a lovely guy who worked for London Underground um, and used to kind of push little bags of weed under my door um, occasionally, which was really nice of him. And we'd go and drink rum in the Allen Arms some nights, and he was lovely. He was in his 50s, tube driver. Don't know who lived on the top floor. So anyway, it's a Saturday morning. I'm pretty settled in Allen Road. I've got to know people. I've got a couple of women who kind of, you know, we we chat occasionally. Even the muggers, I've got to the point where you negotiate and they give you your purse back and they just keep the money. So you keep your driver's license and stuff. So I'm kind of, you know, finding my London feet. And it's Saturday morning. I'm sitting, it's a little for Micah desk in the corner of this tiny little kitchen that I've got, and I'm sitting doing some coursework, probably Hamlet. Um, and the door goes upstairs, so I head up to the first floor. I open the door, and there's a guy standing there who I've seen around. He's called Louis. Um, and Louis is a friend of Drummer. So I said, Drummer's not around at the moment, whatever his name was, Drummer. Um, and I knocked on the door of Drummer's room, and there was no answer. And I said, he's not here. He said, it doesn't matter. I'm here to see you. And he just walked straight past me and downstairs and into my kitchen. Okay, I thought, this is not brilliant. Um, let me tell you about Louis. Louis was a bit taller than me, very beautiful, very cat-like, lithe, Um, most amazing eyes and a real sense of being dangerous Um, and I just you know you just kind of thought Louis's not the best person to have in your life let alone your kitchen 
So I went downstairs um, and I said, Louis, I'm really busy. Um, I just need you to go. Drummer's going to be back later. Can you just you know, can you just leave? And this is where I say, uh, the, the reason I'm telling this story is because this entire story is about how not to make sparks fly. And I knew right from the start that I needed to just stay really chill with Louis. So Louis starts kind of asking about what I'm doing. I said, I'm doing my A-levels. He said, what are you doing there? I said, I'm writing uh, an essay, probably about Hamlet. Um, and, um, and he said, I'm a writer. I went, oh, okay. And he said, yeah, I wrote a book. Um, I wrote a book and somebody stole it. They stole the manuscript. And they took the manuscript and they got it published under their name. And they stole my, basically, this work of fiction that I wrote. I said, that's really sad, Louis. I'm really sorry about that, thinking you didn't write it. But anyway. Um, so, um, so I said, look, Louis, I've got to get on. I've got stuff to do. And he turned around and he said, well, the thing is, I'm a god of the Astra, and I haven't had a woman in 2,000 years. And you are my chosen woman. Fuck, I thought. I didn't say it out loud, but I just thought, fuck, this is, this is really not good. And I said, you know, Louis, that's not, that's not what this is about. Um, you know, I don't know what you're doing here. I don't want you to be here. Um, and then something in my brain kicked in, and I just changed the subject. And I said, I can't, well, to be honest, I can't remember what I asked him, but I asked him stuff, and he talked for a bit. And I said, it, we kind of normalized it and took all of the, what felt like me as utter terror out of the situation. And, um, and I said, oh, do you know, Louis, I've just really got to get on. And he went, okay, uh, I'll see you later, but I'm, I'll head off now. And he just walked out of the kitchen and he went up the stairs, heard the front door go, thought, fuck, what just happened? A bit later on the day, drummer got back. So I went up to see Drummer, knocked on the door, and I said, look, Louis's been around. He has fucking terrified me. I don't want anything to do with him. He said he's coming back later. I don't want him to come back later. And Drummer went, yeah, yeah, it's fine, no problem. Six o'clock in the evening, I'm lying on the rug in my little kitchen. Why did I not lock the door? I do not know. Um, but I've been reading, I've been doing some work. I'm in front of this little two-bar electric fire, tucked up under a blanket, and I hear the door go. I hear Drummer answer the door. I hear Louis say something to Drummer, and Drummer say, yeah, she's in, she's downstairs. And I heard Louis coming down the stairs, walking into the kitchen. Why didn't I lock it? And he looked at me and he said, I knew you'd been missing me. You've been masturbating, haven't you? And my 18-year-old brain at that point just kind of did a little, you know, kind of, fuck, this is really... I'm in a basement with a guy upstairs who clearly doesn't give a shit about me. The only way I can get out is by scaling a six-foot wall from the back of the house. And this man is standing out. Oh, and he's starting to take his clothes off. He did. He'd taken his top off. So... I don't know. I don't know what is it about words, Molly, but I suddenly, something came into my head and I turned to Louis and I said, Louis, do you know what? I want you to sit down at that table and I want you to write on that piece of paper why you think you have the right to do this to me. I have no idea where this came from. But he did. 
And he went over and he sat down and he wrote about half a page. He could barely string a sentence together. He, you know, really wasn't very literate. Um, and he wrote about the fact that he was God of the Astra and that he needed somebody to love and he thought that I could love him and this, that and the other. And I read it and I said, okay, Louis, it's going to sit over there. I'm going to write my reply. So I sat down at the table and I wrote kind of page of A4. I was doing sociology, so I was quite good on my feminism at that point. You don't have the right to do this to me. You don't have the right to make me feel threatened or vulnerable. You don't have the right to come into my life or assume that I am going to be this person for whatever. So I just wrote this. And Louis, I gave it to him, and Louis stood there, and he read it. And he went, okay. And he picked up his jumper, and he walked out. Heard him go up the stairs, heard the door go. I thought, shit, I am fucking getting out of this flat now. I went into the bedroom. I was, the lights were off. The bedroom was like basement, you know, those things with stairs down to them. Yeah. So Louis must have got about 10 feet down Allen Road before he thought, hang on a second. What have I just done? And the next thing I knew, he was pounding on the window. I was out of the back. I was scaling that wall. I was over at my cousin's house. Um, and, and that was the end of that. About two weeks later, my flat was utterly destroyed. It was torn apart. Um, and, um, and a woman came to see me, a friend of mine, and said, that's Louis, you need to get out. Um, and the CID from Stoke Newington Police, the well-known Stoke Newington Police, um, basically sat there and said, do you want some advice? And I said, yes. And they said, move. So I did move. Um, and um, that, was, that was it. So... I don't know what happened. What I do know, and there's a little kind of codicil to this story, is there's a man in the front row who I ended up marrying. Good sparks. Good sparks. When we first met, we were sitting in the garden house, Alan Pulvinus, that night. We were talking about the stuff that... Sorry, Alan, we were telling this to Alan earlier. Um, we were talking about our stories, and then over the time in a relationship, you start sharing all of your stories. You know, you've heard each other's stories I told him the story about Louis he lived in Tottenham he worked in Tottenham he worked for Nacro um, and I was telling this story and Jem just started to look more and more concerned and and once I'd finished the story he said was Louis kind of not very tall but about this tall I said yeah he said, was he very beautiful? It's like, yeah, he was really, really beautiful. Um, and, and he was sort of very fit. Yeah, he was very fit. And he said he had amazing eyes. And I said, yeah, he had amazing eyes. Um, he said, Louis was my client. Um, so this is 30 years before we met, or 20 years before we met. Louis was my client. And Louis was a very disturbed and dangerous man and Jem says that he still finds it really difficult to hear this story because he knew the man who ended up walking away on the back of a piece of paper saying you can't do this to me hey jolly Two Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, 
head to our website truestorieslive.co.uk.